Welcome to the Double X Podcast. This is Ainsley. And Monacy. And you're listening to the podcast where we talk about all the girl stuff no one talks about. Everything from confidence to periods. From business to social justice. Girls, this is the place for you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week, we wanted to sit down and have another casual and honest conversation with you guys about something we feel has been prevalent in our lives lately, and that is periods and mental health and finding the balance between the two because as a female or as someone who gets a period, I think we all know that periods are tough and they are hard on our mental health and they are hard on our bodies. And... We wanted to just break down some of the struggles that we face on our period and some of the mental health challenges that come with it. Okay, diving right in, we want to start with by talking about mood swings because it is very important to know how to control your mood swings, even though it's very hard sometimes because you really don't want to seem like a raging psychopath in a board meeting or when you're in an interview, it really doesn't reflect well on you. So just getting those emotions under control. Yeah, for sure. I think that for me, the hardest thing is just being very upset or being very angry. I'm either at one of those two extremes and it's usually anger within myself. I feel like I get really upset with myself. I get really mad at myself and I reflect that on other people as well. It's not really anger on other people as much as it is anger with myself. and so. I've definitely been able to come to terms with it just by journaling and honestly just stepping away from whatever I'm doing that's causing me to be angry because most often I'll be working on my laptop or I'll be in a meeting or I'll be talking to a friend and I'll just get really angry and I'll recognize that I'll maybe have to continue the conversation another time or I need to step away from my laptop and just go for a walk or I just need to lie on my bed and listen to music. Any of those things are okay. But I think recognizing that you're in that position is the first step to combating it. I am not nearly as good at recognizing those emotions as modesty is. I really struggle with that. And I typically don't realize how bad they were, how bad I was in a conversation or in a meeting, whatever it may be. Until after the fact, when I'm reflecting on it, I'll be like laying in my bed at night and I'll be like, oh, wow, that probably didn't come out great. I probably could have dealt with that better. And just reflecting on that and learning how to kind of deal with that aftermath, doing a little cleanup process, sending an apology email, or maybe reaching out to someone for help or whatever it may be. Just cleaning up the aftermath of that is very helpful, I've noticed. Yeah, for sure. I am not perfect. I don't recognize it most of the time. I literally yelled at Ainsley about something very stupid not even two minutes ago, and I am just realizing it. So even things like that are hard to recognize. It's a lot of small things, I think, that build up. And You don't realize that you're doing a lot of irrational things. And I think it's interesting how you said send an apology email or clean up the mess because 
it's okay to apologize to people for yelling at them or getting irrationally mad at them. I do it a lot because instead of moving on from it, it's okay to acknowledge that it happened and say you're sorry because that's definitely going to help your relationship with someone if you took your anger or your sadness out on them. Another thing that I have found helpful is if I recognize my emotions aren't exactly where they should be, I will take a deep breath and count to 10. And then I will reassess the situation and how important and how I'm reacting and just kind of gauging from there where to go. Yeah, taking deep breaths really helps. Something that might sound a bit strange, but that has been very helpful for me is I will look at my hands and look at my fingers and look at my legs. If I'm like seated down, I'll just look down and I'll look at my body. And it might sound strange, but I'll just look at my hands and wiggle my fingers and take deep breaths. And I don't know why, but I guess it's the sense of like knowing that I'm within my own body and feeling in control of my body and seeing that I am there and I am present kind of grounds me in a sense and I don't know it might be something you want to try just taking a look at yourself and realizing that you are in control of yourself exactly everyone has different ways to cope with emotions and different ways to reel themselves back in and it's just a matter of testing things out and finding what works for you yes for sure Along with the mental struggles that come with your period, I think we can all acknowledge that there are physical struggles, a lot of pain, uh, whether that be headaches or soreness or cramps. Pain is very prevalent, and I think that's something I'm still not very good at coping with, if we want to talk about that for a bit. Yeah, I personally get very bad cramps, and I know a lot of other people do. So what I did was I went on Amazon and I bought a heating pad, but it's shaped like a tiny stuffed elephant and it smells like lavender. And that is just my pure joy during my period. Yes. Get a heating pad. If you don't have a heating pad, go get one right now. I promise you, you will not regret it. Heating pads are very helpful. I find that I usually get some sort of a fever when I'm on my period. So I'll just feel really, really lethargic and tired and I'll like burn up. I get really bad cramps as well. I get really bad cramps to the point where I do throw up most months and I have passed out before. So I do have very severe cramps. And so because of the severity of my cramps, I've learned that I have to be very proactive with my period. I used to wait until I got cramps to take medication or rest. So if I had sports practice and I like had just started my period and I didn't have cramps yet, I'd be like, oh, it's fine. I'll go or I'll go run, you know, for a bit. And it's fine. I'm I'll, When I get cramps, I'll just take medication or I'll rest. And I realized that, no, I have to be proactive about it. So uh, over the past few months, I've been taking medication when I realized I've started my period and I know the cramps are coming. I'll take medication beforehand. Um, I'll rest my body. I'll make sure not to be extremely active the first few days because my body responds really well to that. And that's been really helpful for me, just being proactive. So for those of us who don't necessarily know our body that well and can't tell when things are going to come, what would you suggest doing? I think you kind of have to play it by ear a little bit. So 
even I don't have a very regular period. Um, so I don't know it's coming until I like see it. Um, and I usually catch it pretty early. I usually will like see a few drops of blood. I, I, I don't ever like see just like a completely like soaked underwear and then I'm like, ah, what do I do? Um, so I usually catch, catch it pretty early and then I'm able to kind of go from there. But I think it's hard because especially when you have a routine and your period comes, you're like, you know, what am I going to do? I think you kind of have to be okay with stepping out of that routine. And that's something that's really hard for me because I hate breaking routine. I have a cycle um, that I need to follow. I have meetings that I've pre-scheduled. I have commitments and sometimes you have to cancel some of those and it's hard and you don't want to, but that's going to be a lot better for you in the long term. And that doesn't mean like completely tapping out of everything and just taking like you know like take like taking the whole day off maybe you still are going to go to a few meetings and maybe you're still going to go on a walk that you said you'd go with with your friend go on with your friend but I think it's just scaling back yeah I like how you said it's scaling back you can't get rid of everything in your schedule and you can't do everything in your schedule it's just finding a nice balance of what you can and can't do. And you can't get mad at yourself if you can't do everything that you had planned from the day because it's honestly out of your control. I mean, it's not necessarily out of your control because it is your body, but there are just certain things, certain aspects of it that you can't really control. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to recognize that as someone who gets a period, you have to be flexible with yourself. I mean, it's a natural process. It's not like, it, it's not something you can eradicate. And the easier, the sooner you come to terms with it, the easier your life is going to be because you're going to be at a lot more peace with yourself. I at least used to struggle with a lot of anger at myself around my period because I wouldn't get the things I had to get done done. And I'd be completely backlogged and I'd be so mad at myself because I couldn't handle what I had set out to do prior. And I have to realize that I can't expect myself to do everything. There are going to be certain periods where I can't do everything. And that's just biologically how we're programmed. We can't expect ourselves to be able to do everything all the time. And as much as I want to, it's just coming to terms with that. That's been really helpful for me because I know that I can push myself the most when I can and I can scale back when I need to. Exactly. One other symptom that I know I and a lot of other women face is definitely bloating. I know it doesn't seem that significant, but for me, at least personally, it definitely does not help with my self-confidence. I feel very insecure about my body. And it makes me just feel very, I'm not confident, I'm not my normal self when I look in the mirror and I might not look how I normally do. And that can be just very discouraging. And sometimes you just need to take a step back and realize what your body's doing. It's a completely natural process and it's ultimately for your good. And you just have to realize that there's a reason behind it and that it's going to be okay. Yeah, I struggle with bloating too, but 
you like Ainsley said I think you summed it up perfectly like you have to be okay with it and I definitely have had issues with my body in the past and I have had body dysmorphia Um, I still do to some extent and I think that it's hard for me and a lot of other girls and women and people who get a period to look at themselves and see themselves differently but there isn't much you can do about it other than recognize it and embrace it and it's hard to embrace something you see as a flaw. It's really hard to look at yourself and say, you love yourself and you love the way you look when you don't look like you usually do, but you have to start telling yourself that. And at first you might not believe it, but the more you say it, the more you're going to believe it. It's like positive affirmations in a sense. Yeah. One thing someone told me that really helped with that was someone told me that you have to realize that there are people in the world who would kill to have whatever feature you may be insecure about because they might be very insecure about the exact opposite end of the spectrum. And you have to realize that everyone's beautiful in their own way and you just have to embrace who you are because there's not much you can change about it. Yeah, for sure. I think something else I realized is the the importance of my lifestyle and my mental health not just during my period, but also outside of my period and throughout the month, because those often determine how severe my period cramps may be, or how upset I am during my period, or how much my period affects me. I find that the more balanced my lifestyle is outside of my period, the easier it is for me to deal with the symptoms of my period. When you say balance, what do you mean by that? Do you mean eating healthy, or do you mean activity-wise? I honestly think balancing everything because some some months I'll have very extreme emotions where I'll be very elated some days and other days I like completely break down from stress or anything really and some weeks I will be very inactive especially when the weather is bad because I definitely I'm more motivated to go outside when the weather is nice. And when I don't exercise as much, when I am spending a lot of time on the screen, when I'm not sleeping, I think balance in regards to all aspects of your life really comes into play. Yeah, those healthy habits definitely make a big impact in your life. And you don't even realize that until they're gone. Yeah, especially these past two weeks, I've definitely realized just everything going downhill between my workload and not working out and not eating the healthiest it's definitely been difficult and I feel like a lot worse than I usually would yeah me too I think over the past few weeks it's been tough for me I haven't been working out nearly as much as I usually do I have not been eating the best because I have just been indoors all the time I have a tendency to eat a lot some days and just like not eat other days which is not good because I need to be more routinely with that and just a lot of imbalance a lot of not sleeping and the problem is a lot of what I do and the projects I work on require me to spend very large amounts of time on them and it's kind of a given that I'm not going to be in balance like I know signing up for things like this that it's going to be really tough to even like get stuff done some weeks. So in a sense, I think that habits are the most important things for me because habits are such small things that 
have a really big impact on your life because I am not the kind of person that has the time to do an hour what to do a one hour workout every day or has the time to go on two walks a day or has time to make my own meals but if I make it a habit to shut off my laptop by 11 p.m or if I make it a habit to even drink a gallon of water a day or just try to eat no sugar um, three days a week or things like that, just very small habits, I find that it adds a lot of value to my life. A little goes a long way. And I know it sounds hard when you're making your list of habits or when you're thinking of things to improve on, but once you try them and you start getting into the swing of things, it really makes the biggest difference in your life. And you don't realize how much the small things have an effect on your life until you're actually doing them. Yeah, I think with habits, a lot of us have the tendency to want to start really big. We want to say, I'm going to run every single morning or I'm going to eat no sugar for the rest of the month. I am going to sleep by 10 p.m. every single day. And the higher we set our expectations, the more we're setting up ourselves up for failure in the sense that we can't expect ourselves to do those things right off the bat when we haven't been doing them previously at all. So even if you can try to cut out sugar one day of the week or go on a run twice every week, really small things and scale them up from there, that's going to give you the most success because the small, the smallest things are often what stick. You have to make your habits very easy. Um, so if you are going out to run in the mornings, set out your clothes the night before, get an accountability buddy, set an alarm on your phone, do all of those things before you're doing your habit or doing that task that you set out to do because it's going to make it more likely that you actually accomplish it. If you have not read Atomic Habits by James Clear, you most definitely should, because that's a really great book about how to set up your life for success using habits. Exactly. As everyone says, you should try to be 1% better every day. You can't expect to make 50% of changes in one day. It's just not going to happen. I remember about two weeks ago, Monsi and I thought we would, and we literally sent each other a list of like 10 things that we were going to change. (laughs) And I do not think we did any of them. So it's just starting small and then getting bigger from there. Yeah. And something that's important to keep in mind with incorporating habits is you can't just say you're going to do it because saying you're going to do it is not going to serve you very well because you're going to back out. As much as you think you're not, um, that's what happened between Ainsley and I because we said we would and we didn't do any of them because we did not have a system in place. So if, for example, you're trying to run three days a week, mark on your calendar which days you're going to run, mark on your calendar what time you're going to run, plan out where you're going to run. Are you going to go to a field or are you going to go on a certain trail or are you going to run in your neighborhood? How long are you going to run for? How far are you going to run? What do you need to bring with you? Do you need to bring your phone, your watch, your water bottle? Like set those things out, plan out what you're going to bring, when you're going to do it and just prepare as much as you can beforehand. Be proactive about it because if you wake up in the morning and your alarm goes off and your clothes are already there and your shoes are right next to your bed and 
your accountability buddy is outside waiting for you, you're not going to back out because your systems are in place. So that's the most important part. Ainsley, what are some of the habits you have in place? Some of the habits I have in place are drinking at least three bottles of water a day. My water bottle is 32 ounces, so that makes sure I get that makes sure I get enough water every day. And then another goal I have is to not eat sugar two times a week. And it actually is not that hard. I promise you, it's easier than it sounds. <laughs> and then another habit I have in place but haven't been as good about is running every morning with modesty. 7 a.m. and we run around our neighborhood at least twice. The last habit we have in place is that we have a workout calendar and every day after our workout we send each other a picture after our workout and that just holds us accountable. Yep, running and working out is something that we have not been as proactive about just because of the weather and a lot of commitments over the last two weeks but we are getting back into it this week. So that's a bonus. Other than that, I do try to drink a gallon of water a day. I have a gallon water bottle that I bought for like $15 on Amazon. And it's nice because I am often too lazy to go refill my water bottle. And that's what stops me from drinking water. I just fill it up every morning and I have it there with me next to my desk all day. And I just kind of sip on it as I work. Another thing I have is... I have time limits on my phone and my laptop, so all of my apps are disabled by 10 p.m., which is really nice because I have a tendency to get distracted, and I always feel guilty entering my screen time passcode and asking myself for more time because whenever I do it, I feel like I'm cheating myself because I've gotten to the point where I it's just like such a routine. I also have screen time limits on my phone. And I have them during the school hours so that I do not get distracted. And then I also have them at 10 p.m. Actually, 10.30 for me, but that's just because I get back from practice a little later than I would like. And then another habit that I have is reading before bed every night, at least 20 pages, because reading is good for the brain. I need to read more, and that's something I have not been proactive about. So maybe I will adopt that habit because I could really use that. I do need to cut down on my sugar, and that's something I still am working on because I'm addicted to chocolate. But I have a tendency to eat a lot of sugar at night. So I try not to eat anything after dinner, and that is a habit of mine as well because that is when all of my chocolate consumption happens. So I don't do it. I don't eat after dinner, and I eat dinner pretty early. So it's definitely. A bonus and it forces me to drink more water as well throughout the night because I am craving chocolate so yeah the last habit that I have is I journal every morning and that just kind of gets me into the right headspace for the day and it gives me a chance to reflect on past days and what I'm going to improve on for the day to come I really like that habit I don't journal in the morning I do journal at night though, and I have daily updates that I actually send to some people who hold me accountable. I have like a to-do list for the day that I set out the day before, and I have that list kind of guiding me throughout the day, and then I mark what I've gotten done, and then I reflect on uh, my day, just everything that happened that day, why I didn't get certain things done, and how I'm feeling in regards to my mental health, my physical health, whatever, my motivation, my productivity. 
and I have some people that I've been sending it to for a couple months now so we are very close friends and we are comfortable sharing that with each other and so it's just a place to be honest but also hold people accountable for what you're getting done each day. I think that's helped me because some days I'll get really lazy in the afternoons I'll be very tired and I just don't want to embarrass myself by not checking off anything on my daily update. So sometimes I just do things for the sake of checking them off and at least I'm getting them done. So that's been helpful. Exactly. And I know you use the website Notion to help you get that all organized and set up. And one thing that I did for a while was I bullet journaled and that was just a great way to have a creative outlet and to also get everything done that I needed to but it ended up being a little too time consuming for me. So if you have more time, I would definitely suggest that. But if you don't, even if it's just quickly jotting it down on a post-it note or quickly typing it into a Google Doc, whatever it may be, just something small like that can make a huge impact on your life. Okay, sticky notes are the most helpful things ever. Completely underrated for productivity or just reminders or habits, really anything. If you have something to do, write it on the sticky note or else you're going to forget. I know we like to tell ourselves we're going to remember. I keep sticky notes next to my bed. I keep them on my desk and I keep them downstairs. And every time I remember something, I scribble it on a sticky note. I usually scribble multiple things per sticky note. So I'm not wasting sticky notes. And I just post them like on my desk. And as soon as I sit down at my desk, they're like right there. And I just feel obligated to do them. So like Ainsley was saying, I do use Notion for updates. I have my whole life on Notion. I have my school stuff. I have uh, my daily updates. I have my tutor list for the week, my goals, my reflections. I write scripts for articles and videos. Just everything is on Notion. I highly recommend you check out Notion. I'm definitely going to bring this up again at some point, but Notion is definitely a very helpful tool for keeping yourself accountable. You can share your workspaces or your Notion workspace with other people, and that's helpful for sure. Yes, I had not been introduced to Notion until this podcast, actually, and we have a whole podcast Notion page, which I absolutely adore. It is a great place to get all your thoughts in one place. And as you said about sticky notes, I totally feel you there. You should see my desk right now. It's like literally covered (laughs) in sticky notes. And another thing that I have found useful in the past is writing things on my mirror in like an Expo marker. I mean, it comes off, I promise. And it just every time you look in the mirror, like in the morning when you get up, it'll like, I've done positive affirmations before. I've done to-do lists, whatever it may be. It's just a great central place that you'll always look. And then you'll have your reminders. So this is the perfect place to wrap up the episode. I know we were kind of all over the place. And it was just an honest conversation between the two of us. And I hope you guys enjoyed. Our action items for this week are going to be to create your own Notion page and to get that set up. Because it honestly is one of the best planners you can have. And it's very central. You can access it from anywhere that you have internet access. and It'll always be with you. And there are just so many things you can do on there and so many ways to organize it that will fit you and your personal aesthetic and your personal brand. So I 100% recommend. Do it. I promise you, you won't regret it. This is not sponsored, although I wish it was. (laughs) 
So an ocean can be a little bit hard to navigate at first, but there are a few videos on their website. I believe they're 10 or 15 minutes long. You can honestly just watch one of them and it teaches you the basics. It's essentially like a Google document, but it's a lot cleaner. It's a lot easier to use and everything is a little more centralized. So yeah, this action, your action item for this week, like Ainsley said, is to just go on there. And even if you just make one page and write maybe your to-do list for the day on it, that's one more page you have on Notion. And you can definitely branch out from there and add more pages if you end up really liking it. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys have a great week. Take care. Bye, everyone. See you guys next week.